0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hi, friends. This episode of Big Blue Banter is brought to you by Picks. Head on over to Prize Picks and use promo code BANTER and they'll match up to $100 on a new deposit. Thank you and enjoy.
2: Welcome back. It's the Big Blue Banter, New York Giants football podcast. I'm Dan Schneier. Joined as always my co-host, Nick Villato. Today, we're here to discuss Joe Shane's Combine Talks. He had his own little presser. He talked with John Schmelk and Madeline Burke of Giants.com. And he talked with Chris Sims and Mike Florio. So a lot of nuggets, interesting nuggets. A lot of it was GM speak, Nick. Yeah. I think a lot of this was, why would I not? Why would I not hide my hand? Why am I giving you guys anything? I don't give the public S-H-I-T. Sorry for those of you who are listening with Kids Who Can Spell. For those who can't, I tried to help out there. Um, But... Look, there are some interesting things that were said, and we talked about some of them on the last on we we talked about some of them off pod, Nick, but I want to discuss them here as well. The first one I want to talk about is Joe Shane's thoughts on the salary cap increase in the NFL. So I thought this was interesting. And he said this in an interview with Chris Sims and Mike Florio. Nick, he said we were looking at a very conservative offseason after putting together our numbers. And then he said, I was pleasantly surprised to hear about the new salary cap number, and it was larger than we had projected. Ourselves. So what are your thoughts on that? Well, do you think that will impact the Giants plans at all in free agency? Yeah, I think it will. it's going
1: to impact every team's plans in free agency because right. it's not that the Giants who are going to have more, but the Giants have free agents that they might want to prioritize a little bit more now that they have some wiggle room. Because I think it was like 30 million more, the salary cap, than it was projected to be. It was substantial, the amount of uh, salary cap that each NFL team is going to be allocated for next season. But when you look at the New York Giants, you have players like Xavier McKinney. And you have players like Saquon Barkley and both of those players. Now that the Giants do have more wiggle room, I think they're projected to have north of $30 million in cap space, which they did not, they were going to have like, what, like 19, I think before the salary cap was, was announced. Now you may be able to extend some of those players if you are so inclined to do so. It's just, are you so inclined to do so? But other teams are now going to have more money to outbid the Giants. So you got to factor that in, but I think it's a pleasant surprise as, as Joe Shane phrased it, is probably uh, is probably um, the most apt way to describe the situation.
2: Yeah, I think they'll be a little bit more aggressive than they were, but I think you're right. Ultimately, it might come down to just will they be able to resign their own. And Joe Shane mentioned some interesting things. We'll talk about that next on some of the guys that they could potentially resign. Specifically, Saquon Barkley. He reiterated again, in my opinion, that. Contract negotiations start in November of 2022. And by the way, I forgot one interesting thing I want to throw in there. Just I, I'm just noticing this. Joe Shane said this specifically in the interview with Chris Sims uh, and Florio. Nick, he said... He thinks that what this will mean, this other cap Chris, is that the middle class of Regency is going to get helped the most by this. So that could be an interesting area of where the Giants are actually looking to find their upgrades this offseason, specifically on the offensive line through Regency. I think no matter what the Giants do, Nick, I want them to address the offensive line of Regency. And I think you agree with that, regardless of the, the future of this team. If they find a quarterback or if they're going back with Jones, it doesn't matter. I want them to address the offensive line to some degree in Regency. So I think that could be where it happens. But on the Barkley front, I thought this was a really interesting quote from from uh, Joe Shane, and I want to get your thoughts on this. He said, you know, with Barkley, we started back in November 2022. We weren't able to come to an agreement in terms of where we we're both at. But he says, we'll circle back in. He said these two lines that stood out to me, Nick. One, he has a new agent, Ed Barry, who we have a very good relationship with. That stood out to me. Then he also said, I think we've all grown. Saquon, myself, the organization, through the last 12, 13, 14 months of these negotiations, he said this. Saquon may now be in a different place than he was. Then, in terms of understanding the market and the business side of it, I'm looking forward to having those conversations with him. So, I think that's pointed in a way in my mind. Did you take a? What did you take away from those from those two uh, things?
1: Same thing as you. I think it's pointed and I think it's optimistic. We can come to a deal with Saquon Barkley because we want Saquon Barkley back at the right number and maybe at our our number, right? At the right number that we can agree on that that's not necessarily overvalued because we're not going to overpay for him as much as we value Saquon Barkley as a player and a person in the locker room. But I think it's also just not like shade, but just maybe the reality of the situation that his last representation, Saquon Barkley's, was like, no, you're worth a little bit more, need to get as much as possible, which that's their job to do so. And maybe Edward Berry, since there is a good relationship between the front office of the New York Giants and this agent, there's going to be more room for negotiation and more understanding in the negotiation process that could benefit the New York Giants ultimately.
2: I think it could too. uh, And getting Saquon Barkley back at a reasonable price, or at least what Joe Shane and the Giants would consider to be a reasonable price. I still have my qualms, Nick, about investing in Saquon Barkley long term at the age of 27, regardless of what price it's going to be and on whose terms it's going to be. Now, um,
1: I know we, I think we talked about that, and I didn't want to cut you off there, bud. But I think this is really relevant to the last podcast or the podcast that you're going to be listening to here in a little bit about the quarterback. Yeah. How much? Right. How much does that factor into this? So let me like right. rephrase that so it's a little bit more cogent and, cl- and concise and clear. Do you want Saquon Barkley back if the Giants do have a first-round quarterback that they invested in?
2: If the Giants do you know, trade up for that quarterback, like Garo Folo, Giant Insider, said 76.9% chance. Art Stapleson said 65% chance. Decent numbers on both ends. They do trade up for that quarterback. I am okay investing long-term in Barkley for a multitude of reasons. One okay. would be that the salary cap relief they're going to get from the quarterback position because they'll get rid of that Daniel Jones contract next year and they'll just have the rookie contract of the quarterback, 9, 10, 11 mil against the cap. You're saving thirty million in cap space a year at quarterback and more because Jones's contract was structured in a way that just goes up, 47, then 52 million against the cap. So you're saving 40 million in cap space, essentially, at the quarterback position. You can afford to then dish some out to Saquon Barkley. But two, the main thing is that it's going to make that quarterback's life so much easier, not just because of the things people think, which is do you your a ball. I don't really necessarily think. I've always been of the belief that defense coordinators aren't really game planning for running backs; they're game planning for quarterbacks and and offensive uh, schemes. They've been,
1: game, they've been game planning for Saquon Barkley for. But a I think basically that's since he's the quarterback, the quarterback league, too.
2: But I think that's because of the quarterback too. That's my of, that's course, where we do, yeah, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course it is. It's not like if Joe like Burrow was on. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah no, if there was Joe Burrow, it would be no, Joe Burrow. Think, but it's been Daniel Jones, of course. Right, right. So like. It's it's like if Joe Burrow was there and Barkley was there, my thought process is the game plan would be to stop Joe Burrow. And of course, so they're not, you know. But when you have a quarterback like Jones, it's it's easier. Obviously, the game plan around Barkley. But you know, if you're trading up for a quarterback, you're hoping to get the quarterback like Burrow that you know you game plan for him. So it's not necessarily as much for that future wise. It's more so for. The fact that I think it would take a lot of pressure off the quarterback because you would be able to have somebody else that they will have to game plan for. Because you're right, they're still going to game plan for a talent like Saquon Barkley, no matter what, who is that quarterback. Even if we had Burrow or Mahomes or whatever, you still have to. But also, too, Saquon Barkley's had so much growth from a pass protection standpoint. And that's just a great thing to give. Like, if they, let's say you draft the quarterback, you trade up, you let Barkley walk. What do you do at running back? You have an Eric Gray, Brightwell, and whatever else you can get maybe through the draft because that's the like long term best way to do it from a cap standpoint. From it, but then you have three guys in there with no certainty that anyone could be a pass protector there. You're putting a rookie quarterback there with a running back, so it's like it becomes very much so more important to either sign a veteran who's great in pass protection or to re-sign Barkley and get him back on the roster and eat some cap maybe because like look, you're re-signing a 27 year old running back. The history says don't do that ever. Like look at what Austin Eckler, he fell off a cliff last year. That that eight. H-27, H-28 Cliff is not good for running backs, but you're also getting a guy who immediately helps that rookie quarterback and pass, bro.
1: And he's also a big part of the locker room, which is important, yep. and he's going to help with the leadership of the offense, which also is important, and he's not an overshadowing or overbearing personality. It's not like whoever True. the quarterback is, say the Giants do go quarterback, Saquon Barkley is going to be like, oh, you're stealing my my spotlight. That can't happen, and that's the thing in the NFL. There's a lot of egos. Saquon Barkley doesn't strike me as an individual yeah. with a large ego when it, when it comes to like teammates on his team, right? Like he is a team player. And that's something I've always respected about Saquon and I'm on the same page as you. And I know, I know, I think you'll agree with this. I don't think it's necessarily a cut and dry thing. Like I am open to bringing right. back Saquon Barkley at the right price, but I also acknowledge that Saquon Barkley has a lot of injuries under his belt. And I also acknowledge that it, it's probably a depreciating asset at this point because he is 27 years old and it sucks that that's the reality of the situation. And that Saquon Barkley His uh, effectiveness is it's predicated on his athletic ability. And I still think he has a couple good years left in the NFL, which makes me very open to bringing him back. But I don't think it's necessarily a cut and dry thing where it's like we have to bring him back. Like Mm -hmm. if he is playing hardball, if Ed Barry does play hardball, I think the Giants could go in another direction. But I don't necessarily also believe that that's going to be the best thing for the development of the quarterback, which should be your number one priority if you invest in that in, in that quarterback in the first round.
2: And I think we're exactly on the same page with that. Like I'm willing to sacrifice some long-term goals for some short-term help for this rookie quarterback. And I just don't feel that way if they don't get a quarterback in this class and they return with Daniel Jones. I just personally don't see the point of bringing back Barkley with Jones as the quarter, as your only option at quarter, your only like real option at quarterback.
1: It's crazy man cuz just last off season it was like hey we got to run it back right we made the playoffs we want a playoff game let's run it back now it's like bro like we're done running it back like we're all ran out like we're tired at this point like the, the the Daniel Jones Saquon Barkley like this era of New York Giants has to be put to an end and we're open to having Saquon Barkley back only if we have fresh blood at the quarterback position who desperately kind of would need that leader in Saquon Barkley on and off the field because Saquon Barkley would still have i think value on the football field yeah. even though it is a depreciating asset
2: yeah and then that's to be clear how nick and i feel um and that's based on the history of the running back position you could see the steep you can look it up online and find the steep dro- drop-offs of court running backs age 27 um into 27 28 i think it is the median between those numbers but also you can see it on the field second barkley's not the same talent he was in 2018 that's okay he has an acl and mcl the breakaway runs are way down breakaway run percentage is way down the yards after contact way down i mean these are true numbers you can find anywhere online this is not This is not objective, but. I mean it's not an opinion it's the fact but having said that like it changes like nick said if you have a rookie quarterback in there because you need to help him and and i i think it's from the locker room standpoint it becomes more important as well that's the thing like you don't want to make everything be on this rookie quarterback's plate from a leadership standpoint right away you have a guy already in there who's the face of your offense in saquon barkley
1: what's going on big blue banter
0: we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate
1: Listeners, I'm excited for the football season for several reasons, and one of those reasons is Prize Picks, which is North America's largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform, and it's so simple to use. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including professionals, sharks, and people who are going to exploit you, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you just watch the winnings roll in. It's very simple to play and gives you a little extra skin. I've set my picks in less than 60 seconds. There are so many stats to choose from, and the withdrawals of funds are easy and quick. Dan and I will be adding a segment to our show before every game where we pick our favorite stats, more or less yards or touchdowns, what have you, and we'll be discussing why from a scheme, matchup, and game theory perspective. I love their promotions and how easy their interface is to operate at prize picks. I may select more on tackles for a loss from Bobby O'Karakay or Kayvon Thibodeau next game. They also do other sports as well. It's a really cool experience. Please join Dan and I in the fun of Prize Picks. Go to PrizePicks.com/slash/banter and use code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, go to PrizePicks.com/slash/banter and use code banter for a first deposit match up to $100. You will not regret it. Oh, my friends, you know what time it is. You're hungry, you're starving, and you desperately need pizza. You should get the best pizza on the market. And that is, of course, Little Caesars. Make Little Caesars the official pizza sponsor of the NFL, part of your game day. Order online during the Pizza Pizza pregame, all day on NFL game days, and even on Pro Bowl Sunday, and get ready for some football fun and cheesy delicious pizza. Choose your favorite Little Caesars pizza or pick the toppings you crave. Either way, you win. And speaking of winning, everyone scores with convenient delivery or our in-store pizza portal pickup. So grab some friends and enjoy a few slices during the game. Well, think about Kayvon Thibodeau, who's come out this offseason and said, We felt a sort of way. As a team that we paid yeah. a quarterback over Saquon, That's how much weight. Saquon Barkley carries in this locker room. Right. He's very well-respected. He's revered by his teammates. And that, that can go a long way, especially if the, the uh, footing of uh, the support for the head coach dwindles, if the team does struggle next year.
2: And he didn't say it, but think about what Kayvon said. You know, we felt like he should Saquon should have been paid for yeah. Jones. They had paid Saquon and tagged Jones. Look at the different position they're in right now. Cave on seeing the future in a sense in that way, you know, as a joke, but like, they'd be in a different spot if they had went that route. And everybody would have been on board with that in the locker room, in my opinion. Um, and obviously, things would be way different right now for the Giants if they didn't have that $47 million cap hit for Jones and another $23 million in dead cap for 2025. Even if they cut him, they still have to pay that 23 against the cap. So it's interesting from that standpoint, but I did want to bring up the Barkley thing. I think ultimately, regardless of what we think, Nick, the Giants have a better than 50% chance of re-signing Barkley. I think the Giants, John Maurer, really wants him to be part of this team. I think Joe Shane values him, too, to be completely honest. I really do believe that. Um, and that's not to say Joe Shane's crazy or anything for valuing the running back position. But I think he just thinks of this a little bit differently than like, is he a running back and what's his age? I think he thinks about it, like you said, from that locker room standpoint, from what Barkley brings off the field. Because I listen to these interviews and I hear him mention that every single time. And
1: that's what you want from your general manager, right, Dan? Like you want a general manager who's not just like, well, you know, it goes by by the the, the, the facts that we're talking about, right? You want him to look at everything that has to do with the New York football Giants. So that's that's what I want my general manager. And there are general managers who don't do that. We know we know that we've experienced
2: that. Yeah, that's true. Um, as far as the other front goes with, with Xavier McKinney, I didn't think there was anything too interesting, but he did mention that that you know they're gonna have a meeting with his agent on Friday of this. That was earlier this week, so that'll be this Friday coming up. So that meeting has already been planned. They're gonna see what happens with that. But there, you know, it does say that you know, these contract, because it's not necessarily that that's a bad thing, Nick, but it's also that the contracts have not really progressed to a crazy extent there. If they're meeting with him on Friday and they're going to go from there and see where they're at. But he did say, you know, he's 24 years old, a team captain, and he played a hundred percent of the snap. So they're going to want to try to get him in here. So we'll see what happens on that front. I thought what was really interesting about something Joe Shane said was excuse me the change in defensive philosophy that's coming and he says we're going to look for more edge guys wink preferred more run Seven. stoppers on first and second down and he believed it's really important to stop the run on those first couple downs so we can get to those exotic blitzes on third down and he said that doesn't mean chain not going to believe in stopping the run every you know it's still very important but his Shane philosophy chain bow and the giants new defensive coordinator yep his philosophy is to let's get after the passer and that means we're going to look for more edge guys so i think that hinted at one Edge is a big priority for the Giants this offseason, whether that be in free agency or the draft or both. Edge is a big priority. And that shouldn't surprise anyone given Aziz Ojolari's injury history and the lack of depth behind Thibodeau and Aziz. But also, I thought it was really interesting to hear him say, like, it's going to be a philosophical change as far as what the defense is looking to accomplish as far as stopping the run on first, specifically on the first and second down.
1: I love it. I absolutely love to hear it. And that's what we want, man. I've been pounding the damn table. Let's get a damn edge rusher to compliment Kayvon Thibodeau and Aziz Ojolari. And if you watch Shane Bowen's defense, man, you can see it, right? They're aligning from wide nine positions. They're flying up the arc. They're running a lot of four-man pressure packages, a lot of twists, a lot of things of that nature. So look, it's combine week, man. Look at some of these three cones, some of these defensive players, these edge rushers who have high three cones. I remember when Sam Hubbard came out of Ohio State. He plays for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, I would say a very accomplished NFL player. He ran like a ridiculously fast three cone, like one of the best three cones at the combine, like over cornerbacks and wide receivers. And turning on his tape, you saw how he twisted for the Ohio State defense. And I was like, this guy is going to be just an absolute stud as a 4-3 end who was used on twists. And a player like that, I think, would fit very well with what Shane Bowen is doing. So I'm really paying attention to sure. that drill specifically with the combine just because, man, if you could turn on a dime, 270, 280 pounds, you, you could be very valuable. And I also think the Giants are going to look to bring in, like, a Danico Autry and maybe somebody else who has played under Shane Bowen when, when he was the uh, defensive coordinator of the Titans.
2: And that's a great point you brought up, Nick, because I tweeted out one of these earlier. Josh Norris, who's a longtime draft analyst, used to be for Road to World. I think now he does it with Underdog he has compiled a lot of these numbers and the stickiest uh, drills over time are the short shuttle for offensive linemen. And he showed it earlier this week. There's just such a huge hit rate on these guys who hit a certain mark at a short shuttle on offensive line. And then he's like, nothing really running back, nothing really great receiver, whatever, whatever. But the end edge, there's a really good correlation between the three cone drill, and edges that have worked out if you hit that certain number, and I think in Shane Bowden's defense it's going to be even more important. You went over that really well, Nick, and I think we have for if you want if you guys want more information on that, go back and listen to our Shane Bowen podcast from when he was hired as defensive coordinator. We talk a lot more about it there. But edge is a big priority for this team. I think it's pretty obvious now, um, and we're going to see who the where the how the Giants plan to attract uh, 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 you know approach that. Now, I want to talk a little bit about what Shane uh, Joe Shane said about Daniel Jones's recovery said he's been working hard in the building every day um there's some talk in the spring that he may be able to go through uh you know 7 on 7s or individual routes against air and he might be able to do that stuff but he says we're not going to exp- he said we're probably not going to expose him to team activities so that's interesting OTAs keep that in mind for OTAs I don't think Daniel Jones will be the QB1 in the team activities that's at least what he's saying and it makes sense he's coming off an ACL um he says everybody responds to surgeries differently, but if he continues at the pace and doesn't have any setbacks, he should be ready for the start of training camp. And he started already throwing. Um, he's been throwing about two weeks now, stationary. So not moving, not dropping back or doing any of that, just stationary throwing.
1: I think this quarterback situation is so fascinating, man. Yeah. Because you have the whole, everything that we, t- we talk about in the podcast is going to drop here in a little bit. Everything with, are the Giants going to trade up? Are the Giants going to select the quarterback? That's hanging over the franchise's head. If you want to add a quarterback, a veteran quarterback, through free agency, you got to do that before the NFL draft, before you're in that place to re- where you could select a quarterback. And then you also have Tommy DeVito. Did he do enough to be that second quarterback if you choose not to select the quarterback to kind of take a lot of these reps as Daniel Jones gets healthy? Like, I just think there's there's so many different options and so many different things that Giants could do. And it's a pivotal time, too. I mean, selecting a quarterback and bringing in the, the face of your franchise to usurp the player who has been the face of your franchise from the quarterback position is, is no, uh, no easy thing to do. And, uh, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have their work cut out for them. I'm really excited to see what they do.
2: You're right, Nick, and he had some comments on that too. Some of which you'll hear in the next podcast, but they are important to bring up. He said the reality is Daniel Jones is coming off three injuries in two years. That's something Joe Shane says, and then he talks about quarterback. We're gonna have to address it. That doesn't necessarily. I, I said it before. I'll say it again. That doesn't necessarily mean they're gonna have to address QB one, but they are addressing quarterback. There will be a quarterback either re-signed via Tyrod Taylor, and they. And I did see that he mentioned again. We're gonna talk with Taylor's agents. So I don't think the door is totally closed on re-signing Tyrod. Go ahead.
1: So the thing is, man, if they if they re-sign Tyrod, which I'm fully uh, all mm-hmm. about. Does that suggest they might not go quarterback or you just go quarterback, sacrifice a roster spot, have three quarterbacks on your roster. Goodbye, Tommy DeVito. I mean, that's likely what's going to happen. Does Daniel Jones start though on the, on the uh, physically unable
2: Pop to perform list? list? Right.
1: Yeah. You know, like there's, there's, there's so many moving parts to Interesting. this And a lot of it is kind of contingent on how healthy is Daniel Jones.
2: True. And I think ultimately that's why we might see them not resign Tyrod Taylor, for example, and not sign a quarterback till after the draft. Mm. That's what I think. There's going to be a lot of quarterbacks that are hanging around for agency. Those like Taylor type quarterbacks, maybe not quite the one you want, but a type like that. They're going to hang around until after the draft because their agents are going to want them to. They're going to be like, let's see how the draft shakes out. And let's see where the quarterback openings are and where we can get you competition, where you could get starter reps in 2024. That's the, you know, that's objective every agent and quarterback that's on the market. So I think more than likely we'll get to at least learn that after the draft next. So it's like going into the draft. I think it'll be Jones under contract. And I think it will be DeVito, you know, under, under contract and those are the two and then we'll see what happens in the draft and maybe they do resign a tie rod or something like that but you know there's just some interesting comments that were made in general outside of that about the quarterback and the quarterback situation and so they asked Joe Shane when you talk about your faith in Daniel Jones does that faith rise to precluding drafting a quarterback in the first round he says when we're at six we're going to look at everything we're going to look at everything we're going to look at all positions Let's hope you're not up there again. You don't want to be picking the top 10, but it's a good draft. So we're going to evaluate all positions, take the best player we can. I'll say this, Nick. I don't think that means they're definitely trading up for a quarterback. But, like, if they had full-fledged belief in Daniel Jones, because they asked, you know, he said his whole thing, like, I have my belief in Jones, whatever. He's got the physical traits. He never, by the way, whenever Joe Shane does talk about, like, when he's pressed on it, because did you see that? uh, That, (laughs) the, the, um. Charlie. John, Charlie Vacchiano. Yeah. Uh and some spaces and he got in and he got a call in with madeline burke and john I, i'm so
1: glad that schmelke and madeline uh put My him there yeah yeah because that's something where it's like awkward they know that it was gonna be like kind of chastising that was... joe shane I think charlie like handled it perfectly he's like like what are you seeing this guy yeah <laughs> joe I... shane and i felt like handled it perfectly too he was like both hey man like well. thank you for the yeah it was a, it was a good interaction
2: yeah, they both. Have, and then and I got to give credit to Schmelk and, and Madeline Burke, because I think they're willing to consider all sides because they were yep. they had another follow up with Sam Monson of, of pro football focus. And they pushed back on him when he was just discussing the Jones situation. They were like, look, isn't it better to be in the situation the Giants are now considering the quarterback market where at least they have someone because they have Jones um, rather than having no one. And, and Monson's like, yes, I see what you're saying. But think about it like this. If they had tagged him, and he was coming off the franchise tag, they let him hit the open market. Now he comes back to them and he signs for a fraction of the price of 47 yep. million against gap. I mean, I think Jones at this point would get nothing on the open market more than like 12, maybe 8 to 12 range. And that's what the Giants resigned for. And then they were, and they agreed. They said, you know, it's a good point. So like they went to accept that. And, then, and they obviously let that call go in through from charlie but you know he said what do you see in this guy (laughs) I love keep bringing up the minnesota game but what about the dallas game 40 to (laughs) nothing what about the eagles divisional game and all the other bad games you you know like joe shane's like god damn it dude i gotta fucking right (laughs) (laughs) Joe shane will say his thing you know talk about the physical traits but i find it interesting that whenever he talks about it he always mentions the physical traits he never mentions the mental traits he never says he's got all the physical tools we want in the quarterback and he's got the mental tools we want in the quarterback he's never once said it he said he's a good heart i'm not talking and i'm not talking about is he a hard worker we all know he's a hard worker. We cool. all know he's going to be first in the building, out of the building. We all know he's a good team leader. We are, we're ready for that. He studies hard. But he never mentions anything about his processing, about getting the ball out quick, about understanding concepts from a pat, from a mental processing standpoint before the snap, after the snap, any of that. It's never mentioned by Shoshane. And even in this answer that I brought up before and when answering this question, like if you really believe, like I'm not even entertaining quarterback in this draft class, because some people probably think that that's the move for the Giants. So that's what might happen because they just re-signed Jones to a big contract. If he wasn't even entertaining retaining taking a quarterback in this class, Nick, or trading up for a quarterback. He wouldn't answer that question like that because they said, does that your faith precluding drafting a quarterback in the first round? And he would just be like, yeah, we're not drafting a quarterback in the first round. Like I've seen GMs do this. He'd be very definitive with it. Like we're not going that direction. We have a quarterback and that's it.
1: Yeah. That's silly though. I mean, you have to, you have to look at Daniel Jones in his entirety and realize like, look, this guy has one good year. But the offense kind of got figured out, and then we played a bunch of weak defenses, and he capitalized on it and credits Daniel Jones for that. But then the next year was an absolute disaster for a lot of, as D- Joe Shane said, like, look, I'm culpable for some of Daniel Jones' failures through the 2023 season. But you also got to look at the fact that the the prime season of Daniel Jones, a season that got him this big contract, the Giants were dead, freaking last in explosive. And I know people like roll their eyes at this point because we say it so much, but that is very important. That is a very important reality that Joe Shane must address. If you want to consistently compete for Super Bowls, you need to be able to flip flip the field. You need to be able to punish defenses consistently 20 yards at a time. It can't just always be five yards, four yards, run through the B gap, get a couple yards. No, man, you need, to, you need to be multifaceted as an offense.
2: Yeah, and I think that's obviously a reality that they're facing right now and deciding where to go with it. Um, but he also mentioned this, which I thought was interesting. They asked him about the quarterback class. He said it's a good quarterback draft. It's not and it's not just at the top, but then he then went and made oh oh are the Giants going to just go second, but he said but I don't think that matters much because then he followed up with there's some guys that are mid levels I think will be good number twos. He said it straight up there, you know. So like while he said it's not just at the top, he also kind of then said the guys who aren't just at the top will be good number QB twos. Who's looking for a QB two though? I mean like that's a nice thing to have, but it's not and it's great and I want him too. And he said there are guys in this class that I think can be number threes, whatever that means. Who even carries QB three these days? Most teams are only carrying one or two. So I don't even know what that means. But yeah, up ball side guys, guys, yeah, right. Yeah. Which I would just consider QB two, to be honest. Like, I got No team's carry. Well, no, there's,
1: two. there's a huge difference though, man. True. Just, just think about it, like quarterback two, like you, you need like a Tyrod Taylor for true, a quarterback true. two, you know, like uh, quarterback three, a developmental project. That's like the kid from Tennessee, right? Yeah. Like, or DeVito.
2: Devito or, yeah.
1: or Devito, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking more along the lines of oh, like tools, tools guys, a gotcha. tools upside guy. where you can get Brian Dable. Look, I know this guy's not going to get a lot of reps because practice is a little bit more limited right. in today's football. But let's see if you can you know unlock something out of him. And if he's not good enough, come you know final cuts, he won't make the team. We'll put him on the practice squad sure. if we lose him. We lose him, but let's see what we can get out of him. And I love the fact that the Giants right now, at least he has the track record, Coach Brian Dable, of developing a young quarterback and getting the most out of him after starting being a raw player. Now, are you going to get that from somebody in day three? Or are you going to get a job? Gi- no, more than likely not. Although it has happened in the past right, with guys like Tom Brady. So, But I, I just like that yeah. Brian Dable at least um, has proven that he can develop young quarterbacks
2: who have tools. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that. And it's interesting because we discussed a lot, Nick, on this podcast and the one that's going to follow up, like if the Giants are potentially trading up, for a quarterback in this draft mike garofalo says 76.9 percent chance the giants are going to draft a quarterback in round one whatever that number means uh but he's obviously a ma- big time reporter and and then he followed up by saying they've been taking the temperature on what a trade-up would cost for one two and three obviously art stapleton uh said on the new york giants revival podcast that 65 percent chance he thinks that the giants will trade up for a quarterback okay we hear that but if that's going to happen nick what i found interesting about what joe shane said at the combine it's going to happen most likely on draft day, unless it's for the number one overall pick, if it's for two or three, it's probably not going to happen in draft day because Joe Sh- they asked him about that. Would you trade before the draft? He said that'd be hard to do until you're on the clock. That's a different occasion. I know the Panthers did it last year and they did it like I think the date was March. This is Joe Shane. I think the date was March 10th. He said they traded up to one. So whatever exposure they had to Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, whoever their guy was, must have been good enough that they said we got our guy. And I think that's important because then if you get around them or you find the information out, maybe you're not excited about, you just trade a lot of draft capital, go up, get somebody that now you're uneasy about. So I think you've got to be comfortable with the film. You've got to be comfortable with who the player is, what the setup is going to be for that player to have success before you do something like that. So I think what he's trying to say to me, Nick, when I read that is they want to meet with these guys more. They want to get more information on these guys before they're willing to trade up for one of these quarterbacks. And there are meeting. They met with Jaden Daniels already. They're meeting with Caleb uh, Williams tonight. So that's going to be those two. I assume Drake May is going to be on the list potentially, and who knows if J.J. McCarthy will be as well. But that, to me, is hearing that Joe Shane is probably not going to make this deal if he's going to make this deal as soon as the Panthers made it last year.
1: Yeah, if only there was like you know this huge event where they can just get all the players yeah. together, and then yeah, no, they'll they're going to be talking to a lot of people, oh, yeah, at a lot of these underclassmen who they did not get a chance. Well, now some of these underclassmen get a chance to go to the Senior Bowl and all of these other events, which is pretty unique and 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 a little bit strange and hard to adjust to at this point. But yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get a lot of information this week, and you know just. Judge by past comments from Joe Shane. Joe Shane's going to be talking to a lot of other general managers this week. They're all going to be in the same location, and who knows? Some trades could be set up. Last year, I believe it was at the Combine where where uh, the former Las Vegas Raiders general manager talked with Joe Shane, and they set up the third-round swap Waller. for Aaron Waller. So a lot, a lot of conversations about to be had.
2: True good point um just interesting on the trade front though and then finally one final thing I want to discuss with you uh, I like this quote about Jalen Hyatt this is another thing I like this quote about Hyatt what it you know what caught your eye about him he said it was the speed against very good competition and I think that's a great point I was watching some film of Jalen Hyatt from his rookie season back Nick and I the way he beats some of those coverage some of that outside coverage and stacks those DBs I um, thinking about the Raiders game where he had so many separations the one where Jones overthrew him and then also the one where Jones just floated and it and hung in the air and he had to like reverse his body to catch it those two routes though. Jalen Hyatt was wide open He created a lot of separation with speed oh, yeah. against against the DB there. So and they're talking about NFL competition. I think all competition is very good at the NFL level when it comes to corners. You're facing the best, the, the the 64 best of the best as far as outside corners go when you're playing an NFL level competition. That's his first year, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I also thought it was interesting to hear what he th- said about the free agent running back market and this, this might relate to to um, Saquon Barkley. He says I can't predict what's going to happen with the running back market. We'll have a better feeling here in a couple weeks, but once you get into to that and you start to do the negotiations and contracts. The three running backs last year who were franchised, he said, we'll see if that happens again this year. Maybe they're not. And then what the what is their value? He said, so there's a lot of uncertainty as you go into free agency, but um he said you'll get a really good feel for the market thirteen days from now when he can start uh negotiating with free agents. I think he's I think his feel is to let this running back market play out itself when it comes to Saquon Barkley. So that is intriguing as far as will Saquon be back or not, because that could give him the open door to get a big contract offer from a Texans team or something like that. And then he may never come back to the Giants at that point. All right, those are all the key takeaways I got, Nick, from, from Joe Shane's presser. A lot on Saquon, a lot on the quarterback position, trading up potentially and when that would come. And then the Shane Bowen nugget I thought was interesting. Anything else on uh, that you took out or that that I may have missed?
1: No, I think we're good to go.
2: Okay. All right. Thank you so much for tuning into the Big Blue Banter podcast. We're talking Combine, we're talking Giants news, more to come as well. The Combine is this weekend. We will discuss prospects as well from the Combine in a recap episode. To come. So thanks again for tuning into the Big Blue Bander podcast. Have a great rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon.